point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Welcome. Welcome to Kill Me Now, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We have the much requested um, part two of Kevin Allison right now. Yay. Yay. Kevin is gay. Kevin is gay. Yeah. And Kevin is gay. Wow. All right. Last we were speaking about, and I have like more questions now. about, now you did a one-person show. Like this uh, is yeah. what, all right. So yeah, I had been starving for twelve years after the state broke up. Basically. Right, but also the state. Like we talked about a little bit about, you know, how all those cool guys mm-hmm. went on to make, you know, make millions of dollars. Right, and, <laughs> and Tell the me one now. who can't be fake. Uh, not that they're <laughs> fake. Like I love, I love Michael Ian Black, Black is one of the greatest oh, guys yeah. ever. Oh, you know, but there was a lot of tension up between us when we broke up. But right. now it really, truly is water under the bridge. I mean, we really do realize. Oh my God, we're we are kind of like family. And just like with your family, you're like you, you get back together at Christmas and you're like, oh my God, he's still well, an asshole, I'm a Jew. right? But <laughs> and you realize, you know, once you get to a certain age, that you don't have to spend yeah, Christmas or or any holidays with and people you who also, are miserable. You also kind of realize, oh, I have certain methods of not making a big deal out of, you know, of, of get, uh, learning how to get along. And some of the members of the state have really mellowed out in beautiful ways. Like, you know, Michael Ian Black was very super helpful with me getting my career yeah, back on my feet. Yeah, he's such a great guy, that guy. Yeah. Um, and I've asked him to do the... What the fuck with the oh mic? Oh, my God. Um, so, what happened was you... Um, you did a one-person show. Yeah, I did a one-person show in 2008 called F Up. It was F, F and three asterisks. Right? right. That's how that works. Right, so and you my, didn't write out fuck. Exactly. So it didn't say fuck on the poster, so you didn't say fuck. <laughs> exactly. Fuck is a curse word, so you didn't want to say fuck. And you wouldn't believe what a fucking meltdown it was for my mother. No way. My mother was like, we got a postcard from someone else with that you have this word in your show's title. I'm like, it's even Asterix, mother. I mean, it was just, I... You know, it's amazing how, uh, you know, in this climate, if you will... These people are so judging. I'm not talking about your mother, right? But, you know about what words you use, and 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 yet they will vote for someone who talks about grabbing a woman's pussy. Right? They, um, you know, uh, hate immigrants. There's you, you always, know, and it's like all these these words. It's your actions yeah. that matter. Yeah. There's all this holier than thou kind of attitude, and then oh, never the mind the fact that we're taking meals on wheels away from right. people who have nothing else. You know, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Now, um, so you do. How long did you work on this one person show, and what gave you? Gosh, you know, I, I at that point I was returning because I had decided to leave performing arts. I right. was like, I guess I'm going to run away. I guess I'm going to quit. So I tried right. working in a nine to five office job. Yeah, what as, was that? I was the assistant editor to a, it, books by librarians for librarians. Wait. What's <laughs> I was fucking up left and right. I was supposed to proofread these books. So obviously, I'm missing things left and right. Judy, Judy, wake up. Judy. Okay, can I just say something? Yes. Books by librarians... Four librarians. Which might be even more irrelevant now. What were the books... About they that were, were about by librarians how for. to digitize stuff and put it online, you know. So which, they were informational. Yeah, they were. Should we rethink the Dewey Decimal System? All that uh, kind of you stuff. You can't yeah. rethink the Dewey Decimal. <laughs> no, I love the Dewey for Decimal. God's sake. Wait, so. And you were supposed to proofread those. Yeah, and so did I w- you ever fall asleep at work? Oh my god, all the time, and I was fired. I was fired. Like, and, and all then- right, let's do a let's do that scene, okay? 
Um, my, what was your boss? My boss was a guy who would say, hell hath no fury like a southern queen. He was like a Tennessee Williams character okay, who so, uh, loved books by librarians. Okay. <laughs> or librarians. Kevin, Kevin, can I see you in my office? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, hell hath no fury. Like a southern queen, as you know, I've said that many times. I, I take it you're firing me, sir. Well, let me get to that first. I want to say, you know, you're a very nice man. Oh, thank you. And you're very talented. But I don't think that you're cut out to this read This is more like Jeff Sessions than a southern queen. By librarians for librarians. I know, I was thinking that. I feel like I'm on the... You I'm need on a the dais getting, yeah, you know. Well, I just want to say that, you know, I have nothing against the gays. But well, you are. As I the am a you gay. Are a I am a gay. So I'm just telling you, you're not being fired. Oh, for because that. Because you're a faggot. Oh, thank you. Okay? Thank you, You're sir. being fired because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And I really, honestly, Kevin, I don't think. Should I get back up on the stage? <laughs> I don't think you're cut out to sit in a library all day. <laughs> no. So I want you to get your ass out back on that stage, and you can bet me and the other librarians will be in that audience. Oh, thank we you We make so much. the best audience members. So much nicer Love than my actual comedy. boss. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm Jeff Sessions. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. I'm the Attorney General. Oh, that's sweetheart. And you know why I like you, too? Because you're not black. And oh, I hate the blacks. Oh, now it's you know, coming I can together, deal yes. with the gays because you're white. Oh, you know? God. All right, so Yikes. you get fired. And I Did decide, you cry? Uh, ooh, I, did I cry? No, I was more relieved. And at that same time, a woman asked me, hey, I'm starting this new school where we teach all kinds of writing. Would you like to teach a sketch comedy writing class? So it was standing in front of a group of people and teaching that. And, you know, I, did I talk about this the last time? It, I would say stuff that was so you know, kinky or raunchy right, and right. everyone would laugh. And then I'd say something really heartfelt and everyone would appreciate that. And then I'd say something absurd and everyone, I was like, oh, wait, I can kind of be myself right. in front of a group of people. I think that's the inkling started right, turning right, right, then. Right, 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 So I created this show called F Up. It was five characters who had effed up their careers. Right. Um, one was that's a for great idea. One was like a Jewish vaudeville comedian from uh -huh. the 20s whose partner had gone to Hollywood and become famous right. and he had failed. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. But even it was too broad and too, I mean, it was funny, but I think people could tell that I wasn't going all the way. That, that I was trying mm -hmm. to do something autobiographical, but still not just being me. Right. And that, so Michael Black came to the show in. So you're doing this show. Yeah. And uh, how big is the theater? I did it. Well, the, the the I did it several times at the Pit in New York City, right. but then I went out to do it in uh, the Eureka Theater in San Francisco, which seats like two fifty or three hundred. But people. they have beautiful vacuum cleaners. Oh there. my God, they do. Um, <laughs> so. But there were like maybe 15 50 people. people in, right. Yeah. So you go to this big theater and there's 15 people and Michael Ian Black. And, and the microphones you didn't know aren't he was working. Coming. No, I didn't you know, didn't know he, he was, was coming. coming. And so he's one of 15 people in the audience. And now at the beginning of the show, I did a little bit where I came out, n all, not naked, just in my underwear. For some reason, I thought it would be funny to address the audience like like so Were raw your red real. pubes coming out? Uh, probably. Right. Oh, yeah. They always are. <laughs> They're always busting out all mm -hmm. over. And then <laughs> like I went June. into the characters. And it, after the show, I said to Michael, what'd you think? And he said, I think that beginning part where you were just you... He's like, I think the audience wished you'd been that way the whole time. Right. Just tell your own goddamn stories. Right, right. And I said, look, I'm too many things that casting agents don't get. I'm too... I know, but that's kinky and no, no, strange. No, 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 and, no, no. And, but that's the, on you because right. you can't have your self-esteem in a fucking casting. Oh, absolutely! Director. I yeah, grew yeah. up with a you know with right. a lot of hearing. Oh, you're too gay seeming, and, right. and but at the same time, I felt like I was a lot of contradictory things, like too polite and midwestern, right, right, right. and too absurdist and yet too serious sometimes. So I was like, it just feels too risky. And Mike said, "That's it." 
if it feels risky, then you're probably opening up somehow and right. an audience would open up to you. That's what I tell my students. That yeah. All the things you don't want to talk, talk yeah, about are the things yeah, you should be talking yeah. about. So the very next week, I go back to New York. I'm, I'm 39. I'm about to turn 40 and I'm like, fuck it. I and got, what year is this? 2000? Uh, this is 2009 now. Okay. And I literally thought to myself, yeah, okay, if I'm going to go up on stage and be myself and tell true stories, I've really got to learn to tell that my mom in my head voice. Right. I, I can't so use shut you anymore. Up. Yeah, right. exactly. So I called- Now, any therapy at this point? Yeah, no, no, no. I was not. In fact, the therapy that I was having four years or so prior, that's the therapist who was like, yeah, you should get off the stage. Yeah, I think you're No more, fucking yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that who was. Who tells you that? <laughs> what therapist tells you? That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't tell people what to do. Like, yeah, I, who's this therapist? Was it a woman or a man? Was it a woman or a man? It was a woman. It was a Jungian, but I can't. I'm not gonna say her name. Okay, I know. Was she Jewish? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, because a Jew wouldn't say that. Where was she located? In the in the village in in the West Village. Okay, there you go. Um, anyway, not the Upper West Side. Go ahead. Right. Uh. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So the very next week, I come back to New York, and I'm like, all right. Let's just bite the bullet and try telling a true story on stage. So I contacted Margot Lightman and Julia Rossi. They had a show called Strip Stories, all stories about sex. I right. remember that show. That was a yeah. great show, yeah. At I, uh, UCB, right? Yeah, yeah, at UCB Chelsea. And I said to Margot, I'll tell a story about the first time I prostituted myself. I think right. I did talk about that the last time, yeah. And on the day of, I was so terrified that right. I called Margot and I said, I can't do this. Right. And she said, that's great news. If they call the day of and they say, I can't do this, that's going to be the story that really knocks it out of the park because right. it'll be risky. Right. So I was like, all right, there's that word risky again. I did it and it was like night and day. I would come to those points in the story where I was like, oh, fuck, I sound so gay right now. Or, oh, God, now I sound so polite and Midwestern. And the audience just didn't fucking care. They right. kept opening up more. It's all your fucking head. Yeah. It's all in your fucking head. Yeah. It's all your voices in your head. So I felt such a different connection. So did connection. you feel like you were having an out-of-body experience a, while you were up there? Like A bit. A yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. felt like, I felt like, I was like, oh, well, this is weird because it's more like I'm conversing with the audience, right, you know? Right. Like, But you're I, letting them in. I had been yeah. so tied to memorization before, and here I was even, like, forgetting shit and being, and just right. saying, wait, where was I? Right, and right, someone right. would help me out, and, you know, it was, yeah. it was just a very, very different feel to, in being with an audience. Right. Um, and so, and another thing was that afterwards, people didn't just say that was funny. People said stuff like, oh, well, I've never prostituted myself before, but holy shit, the way you described your emotions right. triggered this memory of when I got into a fight with my right. dad. You know, like when you tell true stories, like it just things start resonating right, right. inside people in ways you can't even predict. Right. That all the last show, your your part one that was happening to me oh, while you yeah, were speaking yeah, yeah. the entire time. Yeah. It, you know, it, the uh, I walked away from the UCB theater that night. I, walking down 8th Avenue, I was like, this is it. I've got to create a show called Risk where people tell true stories they never thought they'd be sharing in public. But here's the thing. I was aware of the existence of The Moth and This American Life. And I was also aware that podcasts were becoming popular at that time. So I was like, well, that's it. Because I'll never succeed by just doing small room comedy. Right, right. I've got to reach a larger audience. And I've got, like, a podcast would fucking force me to have to come out with something every right, week. Right, right, right. Which I desperately needed at that point. I need deadlines. Right. Yeah. So I presented this idea to various friends. And at first it was well-known comedians doing the show. People right. like Mark Marin and Michael Ian and Black and right. Margaret Cho and folks like Sarah Silverman. And so that was really fun and it brought some attention to the right, show. Right, right. But when the show really became something was when the fans started writing in and being like, okay, I want to talk about the time I was molested or, okay, I tried to murder my mother. You know, right. like like things that, you know, a lot of comedians or performers might even be shy about talking about because it doesn't jibe so well with their, their so career. So, like, what's, what's the, like, give me, like, something that freaked you out? Because you've heard everything. 
oh, we've ju- we're working right now on a story from a young woman who discovered that her father was into cannibalism and who tricked her into eating some of this No stuff. fucking way. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And wait, 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 wait. Where did he get the dead bodies from? That, now, that, see, that's the thing. We don't know that part. So there's, there's a lot of times, like, on risk, we'll just let people know, right. look, Things are messy, and these stories are not going to wrap up with a bow okay, quite so often. I need to know, her father was into cannibalism. Does she and, have a regular job? Like, does she seem like a normal well, human? Well, that's the thing. She uh, Some of the people who share on risk go, on, go by another name. Right. So she is actually a horror writer, so she already has another name. Right. You know, <laughs> which, you know, it's an appropriate thing right, to grow right. up to be. Yeah. Gross. (laughs) I mean, that's the healthiest thing I could think of her growing up to be. But you know, the, the, exactly. The, the. Is she married or? Oh, I don't think so. She's probably But just today, just the episode that went up Why? Because she ate. (laughs) What the fuck? Fucking shut up. All right, go ahead. (laughs) BP, go. (laughs) Just today's episode that was just released today, uh, Paul Gilmartin. Talks. I love Paul Gilmore. Yeah, he walks through. It's excruciating. It's really uncomfortable. Um, and he told it live. See, some of our stories are one on one, right? Right. And some of them are told live. He did this in Los Angeles, and it was the story of how he realized years later that he was kind of what they call covertly uh, covert incest. Right. Where, where yeah, we talked about. I yeah, talked about that with him. Yeah. Very. What very was strange his... and intriguing? Yeah, he said. But he was never molested. Never, right. He can't point to like having been raped, but there was a lot of inappropriate nudity, inappropriate comments, very romantic behavior, weird criticisms that you would normally only make to like uh, someone you're super close to physically. Oh, God, now I'm thinking what I say to my kids. No! <laughs> Watch it. I think you're what? fine. You're going to be the subject oh my of a God. risk story uh, Because someday. Ben's getting, you know, hair under his arm. So right. I was like, wow, you're getting hair. Is that bad? <laughs> no, no. I think you're That's in the That's a clear. normal parent All embarrassing right. thing. <laughs> and then, If you were to start twirling the hair under his arms, yeah. that might be a little weird. No. And then uh, <laughs> this is another thing. I, you know, my kids walk around in their underwear all the time and they're fucking slobs, but... I had underpants and a bra on, mm. and I had to go in the other room. And Henry's like, "You're really sexy," and I go, "Shut up!" <laughs> he's like making fun of my body. Oh, I and he's like, "When I'm your age, I'm gonna have a really hot." I go, "Shut the fuck up! You walk in here in your fucking underwear and your shit all over the fucking living room." Oh my god! Some, <laughs> somehow that's more appropriate. So that's not bad. No, I it, guess not. <laughs> Maybe I'm not stop officially talking. a child psychologist. All right, because now I'm all paranoid. Um, yeah, oh, my so. God. We have a lot of kinky stories on the show. Okay, so wait. Back to the cannibalist. Maybe you should have Judy's sons on your show. <laughs> they're not into it. They're not into, they're not into it, believe me. No, but did the cannibalist... Like, is she close with her father? Like, how'd she find her, out she her was Her father's eating? passed away. Yeah, well, I don't want to reveal too much because we haven't From finished the story. Uh, <laughs> he got eaten. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Who? Yeah. What's another good one? Uh, Melina Williams is an amazing storyteller. She She's a black woman, grew up in the project. Does it matter? she's black it, it does it's that's a part of the story that's what my mother used to say oh. does it, I, I, one that's time I asked question. my mother one time I asked my mother the difference between white eggs and brown eggs uh huh and she said the difference between white people and black people nothing <laughs> that's great that's awesome alright go ahead um Yeah, no, she, when she was a little girl, she was entranced by a slave scene on Star Trek. A a scene where Khan, 
or maybe Kirk mm-hmm. like makes a slave out of a woman mm-hmm. and uh, and then and and she consensually loves it right right uh, and Melina was just like that just lit up her is eight that year Melina old Melina from Melina and Barnes in sorry go ahead that's Selena and Barnes go ahead um, it's a tick okay go <laughs> so anyway she it realized over the years like once she got to her twenties oh I'm really fascinated by this whole you know master slave sort of relationship and yet how do I deal with that? Like she saw the ghost of Martin Luther King being like, girl, you will not be engaging in this. So he was freaky. And also the kink community. Who was freaky? Martin Luther King. He had a lot of mistresses. Ah, yes. Okay. They all did. Okay. They all did. Oh, I'm just saying, I think he would have understood. I was just learning about Mussolini. Mussolini was freaky. All right, go ahead. Anyway. He had um, a dream. Go. Uh, yes. And she so, had a dream. So we're talking she about She had her a dream. dream too and she had a dream to find like what it what it became was she wanted to explore the whole thing of like plantation slave right. play, right? right? So she found a guy who was super fun, this British guy who was very creative she and fun. She could have just worked for Donald Trump. Oh Go ahead. Oh my god. Go. Oh my god. No, that's that's not play, that's for real. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. So she finds this that's guy. Kelly and Conway's yeah, right. current relationship. Um, no. Uh, so she finds Finds this guy and they they start playing and it's very creative and it's very ridiculous and it's kind of tongue in cheek and right, fun. Right, right. And then he has to move away. So she finds another guy and they agree to a scene. Only she doesn't know him quite as well. And mm-hmm. this scene is going to be they decide an ambush at a public kink party at an unannounced date. So. The day comes where she's at this party, doesn't know she's here. Someone puts a sack over her head. She's kidnapped and strung up. And all of a sudden, she's in the midst of this real, like, Django Unchained or 12 Years Mm -hmm. a Slave sort of scene. And it was so real and so intense. And the guy was so... Re- truly sadistic scene right right that Molina went into what they call subspace which is where you start to like lose track of base reality mm-hmm. and so she forgot that she had a, a safe word and that she could tag out of this right also I think that she was going through some stuff with um uh, getting off of alcohol at that mm-hmm. time so you know there might have been some stuff going on with her brain right. chemistry but basically she just lost track that this was not reality and it became a deeply horrifying and scarring experience for her so it's a story about how this kind of kink play can be a pandora's box and that sometimes this stuff like this dominant and submissive stuff can be deeper and darker than you might even know so had she come out of it she came out of it uh, by the, so the person who was running the party saying, you know, we got to shut this down and everyone's shutting it down. And, you know, in kink, there's supposed to be, especially when it's really intense, what they call aftercare, mm-hmm. where, where the dom cuddles the and brings oh, them back God, down to this reality. this is so fucking mental. He tried to do that to her and she was screaming, get the fuck away from with people. You know, people were putting blankets And what over was and he like? Care. He was... He was like, what's going on? I, I think thought we had an agreement yada yada so it was kind of a, a thing in the do you Sam- think he was really into it oh on some level i'm sure he Ugh. was and i'm sure it was frightening right. i'm sure it was weird to him too right. in certain ways yeah oh my I god I, i'm I sure he's really, scarred now too <laughs> in certain ways i mean you know it's weird like uh, as much as i've played with kink uh, it's it's that true when I see truly sadistic stuff pop up I'm like okay I, ju- I just don't like that in any right form. right 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 you know what I yeah, mean yeah, yeah. like like if there's if there's a wink and a nod and a kind of you know like teasing thing it's role about play it. right right but if there's something that comes out of someone where I'm like wait your eyes look unfocused and like there's true right. meanness coming out here like I can't see that being said yeah. I've had people ask me to use racial slurs with them before and been like oh uh, I'm not going to be able to stay hard talking like a Republican. No way. <laughs> that yeah. is. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mental. That is mental. <laughs> Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right. So you are finally yourself. Right. On stage. Yeah. Uh, and Risk is 
great. I it's mean, it's doing really so well. Yeah, it now gets um, over two million downloads each month, so it's doing yeah, well. Yeah, so does Kill Me Now. Yeah, yeah, that's totally. phenomenal. I'm kidding. Well, no, you. We're probably... on this. No, we don't. We're oh. on fucking CBS dot shit. Play dot shit. <laughs> um. And they won't go on any other, like, thingies. Well, you should check. Oh, Patrick's Platforms. getting really pissed off. Oh, sorry. No, you should check. No. You're probably doing great. No, I'm not. Believe me. Um, <laughs> We're not doing bad. Yeah. Especially for newer podcasts. Good, um, good, good. And we've been on the top of the comedy <laughs> No, I have a, I have a, um, I have a question since, you know, I've been watching the Gorsuch <laughs> hearings. Oh, and... You know, today they were talking about, um, you know, I love older white men talking about abortion. That's one of my oh, favorite yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're deciding what uh, that a fetus is a baby yet. they'll And they'll cover their Viagra and, you know, oh, their yeah. erectile dysfunction. That's in whatever, you know, reform of health care. Is but, that um, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's a, covered. That's as long amazing. as they can get hard, that's all that matters. It's just, it's so nakedly obvious. Right. But they're <sighs> white men. So you're, you know, you grew up in a religious family. Yeah. I, I have, you know, I grew up in a pretty religious family. Mm -hmm. um, but our religions are different. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. but what? Trigger like all right, so I'll see injustice like uh, in a shul, like uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'll see in an orthodox shul where mm -hmm. the men sit here and the women sit. Mm -hmm. But I am used. To, I you know I know that, so I don't get like. I mean, inside I'm like this is fucking stupid, but I get that. All right, that you know what I mean. Yeah, I yeah, let yeah. it go yeah, because yeah. that's right. What what about what what do you catch yourself going, oh, that's okay. No, it's not. You, oh, God. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, mm. like, in Catholicism, it's really interesting because I was, one thing I was really lucky about is that my parents were, uh, even though my parents were old-fashioned sex-wise and my mom was very sex-negative, you know, even the word sex makes her uncomfortable. Sex, sex, sex. Yeah. They were like Ken Kennedy Democrats. They right. were big into MLK, big into right. like Peter, Paul, and Mary and right. all that kind of stuff. Um, MLK, Peter, Paul, and Mary, same thing. <laughs> yeah, they both. Yeah. Um, one has a hammer and one has a dream. Right, right. Yeah. Um, all but, over this land. So I was lucky in that sense because they always were pissed off that the Catholic Church was so ridiculous right. about women not being priests. Right. I mean, that's just so. But what it's about indefensible. the not. Like, I don't get. Like, I never got. You know, rabbis can get married. Right. Um, and they, you know, clergy people do a lot of family counseling and marriage counseling. Yeah, which, which, right. And how do you tell mm -hmm. people when when you don't have a relation? You've never your relationship is, you know, with God or, or what or you know a young boy who's a what are they called the. Altar, altar boys? boys. Yes, altar boys. <laughs> choir boys. Whatever. Yeah, I was an altar boy and a choir boys. boy. So, yeah, but, but you I, never I, got molested. I was unscathed. Did yeah. you know any kids who got molested? Uh, not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you're asking like, what are things that you that know, you go? Oh, you know. Oh, yeah. Over time, it changed because you know in Catholicism we have this thing called the Apostles' Creed that you're supposed to say where I believe in this, I believe in that. It's a long list of right and. Over the years, when I was in my teens, I noticed that I was able to like have to like not you know, shut up at certain parts of the right. creed, and then it was just more and more, you know. Right. Where you know, yeah, I think that when I was a kid, there was a lot of oh, okay, so yeah, you know, people would say, well, all of Jesus, all of the apostles were men, which you know, all, a lot of shit like that gets thrown around, and right. it's not even necessarily historically accurate, right? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that drives me crazy about religion is that people will say, well, Jesus did or said this, and we're like, we don't know what the fuck right, Jesus right, did or right. said, you know? <laughs> yeah, we just have some, you know, second and third hand exactly, accounts exactly coming I don't, from people in power i yeah. don't get the and i heard this a lot as a kid that 
I killed Jesus. Oh, right. Yeah, you, know, you know, Jesus was a Jew. Yeah. I had nothing to do with his death. Um, but, you know, this, like, I, I can't, like, the people who are pro-Israel, right? Mm. And yet... Because they want the end times to come. Right. And right. that, you know, the apocalypse is coming and they're going to convert all of us. Right. You know, you know, these people who are pro-Israel and anti-Semitic. Well, and it's don't... not our choice that you're the chosen people. I think that's what it is. No, it isn't. I do. I think it's anti-Semitism, but they don't have a choice. They have to be pro-Israel because... No, it's that's not they, they have to be on Israel's side because they no, are the chosen it's about, ones. It's about the apocalypse is is what it's about. Right. Right, right. Yeah. No, there's so much like 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 even in the, the here's a great one. I think it's in the Gospel of Matthew mm-hmm. that when when everyone's shouting about whether or not Jesus should or should not be executed, right. um, Matthew has the Jews in the crowd and he calls them Jews, which is funny because it's like, well, yeah, obviously most of them were <laughs> because right. they were all friends and yada yada. Right. Uh, but the Jews are shouting out, "Let his blood be on our hands," and it's hilarious because it's like, who? Has ever shouted that? Right, in a, right. <laughs> a, it's clearly you know, just Matthew trying to distance himself and be like to the Romans at right, that time. Right. Hey, hey, hey! We're a cool religion that right. we're, we have nothing to do with Judaism right. anymore. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And we're all yelling, "All right, we'll take the blame." <laughs> right. You know what? It's fine. We'll go sit in the dog. You know. <laughs> You know, we should do Bible stories. We should act oh out God. Bible stories. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, How funny yeah, would that be? Yeah. That would be yeah. great. You know, Julia I Sweeney agree. has a great right. show called Letting Go of God. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Where she tried to become a Catholic yes. again. And yes. then she was like, oh, my God. Now oh. that I look closer at this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I go to a synagogue and it's so political and community oriented. They have a homeless shelter, you mm-hmm. know. They had uh, they helped pass gay marriage in New York State. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they just did a whole uh, installation uh, where they had photos of Muslims who helped the Jews mm-hmm. during you know World War Two. I mean, and where is this on the Upper West Side? Oh, awesome! Yeah, <laughs> but it's like you know that to me is what religion is. Yeah. You know, it's you're a part of this community. Like when my mother died. They all that synagogue was, you know, they made sure that I, uh, you know, people were there to do a service at the Shiva. I mean, they're just people were checking in. I remember my mother had a heart attack f- several years ago, and I didn't tell anyone. Um, and all of a sudden, one of the rabbis called and said, We heard your mother, mm. you know, and that's the kind of that's listen, what religion we're here should be doing in case you need anything, yeah. you know, you have a community here, and we're gonna. You know, even they even send out things like these family, this family's house went on fire or something. If yeah. you could donate food or, you know, but that's what it is. Yeah. It's like being a part. Of, and then these fucking assholes who have these mega churches oh my God. and are just making millions and millions of dollars preaching bullshit. You know, that's the thing. It's like religion, any religion or any group that has a certain belief. Right. There's going to be flaws. They're human. Right. But everyone's got to be aware that with religion, it's a very, very slippery slope. Right. You have to watch out because it's kind of based on beliefs rather than on facts or whatever. Right, you have right. to watch what you're buying into. Right. So and, or preaching. And, you know, we like to look at things from different perspectives. But my mother was so respectful. Like she always gave mass cards to our neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was just a mutual respect. It mm-hmm. was like you didn't know who was a Republican and who was a Democrat mm, in the yeah. 60s and 70s, yeah. you know? No one, it was like, all right, you are what you are. Now, you, t- fuck! Yeah, and you know? there's, there's a real, like, religiosity to the two sides, too, to the right. two political sides, you know, where it's very, it's very, it's very much a feeling and values-based thing where people, like, are like, well, I seem to generally feel more like I like authority, right. so I'm over here. I think really mm. religious people have OCD Mm. and that they, you know, I think it's easier for people who are 
you know, and I'm talking about every religion, mm-hmm. for people not to deal with their own thoughts. Right. So, it, you know, because then they'd have to think and make their own decisions. This way, it's all written out. In this situation, I do this. Uh, if I think this, it's wrong, you know. And to me, it, that's it's so stifling. You, you know, know, it's amazing you say that because I've been exploring Buddhism more yes, and more. Yes, yes. And I went on this retreat. I went on this ten day silent retreat. No phones, Vipassana. no books. Yeah. So did yeah, I. Yeah. Vipassana. Vipassana. Like Vipassana. Vipassana. It was a twenty day. Oh my Vipassana. god. Vipassana. Go ahead. Judy needs it. <laughs> I meditate all the time. No, no. This retreat would be. You would no, love shut it. the fuck up. I'm mad at you. Go. But the thing of it is I got a little freaked out about it because at a certain point the the main guru that you're watching on the videos and hearing recordings of was all about how you've got to make sure that your sexual thoughts are not interfering and and you've you've got to clamp down on that and it triggered these memories of being Catholic and really rubbed me the wrong way. And then I spoke with someone after the retreat who was like, oh yeah, if you take the 40 day retreat here, you're supposed to not have had extramarital relationships for the past two years or something like, and so it's like, Don't fucking judge me or that's ridiculous. Well, the the thing of it is, is you were, you were talking before, like what can you, what can you give and take? Right, right, right. And I think that if I'm going to do a Vipassana retreat again, I would have to say to myself, okay, just ignore the sexual shit. Also there, there's some controversy over those rules Mm -hmm. and each, uh, each you know little place that does their own retreat has different rules for that kind of thing uh-huh. and uh you know it just depends on who's running it mm-hmm. and, and what they kind of personally think but goenka himself i've been listening to a lot of his talks recently mm-hmm. and he's kind of went back on that like no the whole thing is to not be a slave to those desires to not cling to them Mm. to not reach for them right right he's like lust is gonna happen and you see it okay i can't with this i can't with this i can't (laughs) i really can't what can't you with it i just can't with the you know reaching of our feelings of the feelings of the lust of the feelings lust is definitely gonna happen with me the problem is is that it's an issue with every Everyone has sexual feelings. I mm-hmm. you can't. I it's spend, like fucking ridiculous to say you can't get married. You can't be intimate. You. Can, it's fucking stupid. It's I ridiculous. Those, it's human. T- those ten days. Because I have a joke in my act where you know my first memory is thinking, "Oh my god, I love boys' butts." When I was like three and a half years right. old, and the joke is that's every other thought I've had since that afternoon right. as well. But on that retreat, I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, I do think about guys' butts." A lot. Really? You know, like I think we, about we, my girlfriend's butt a lot. <laughs> I mean, she has a really good butt. Well, that's a good, that's good. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, Are you a slave to her butt? Yeah. She's so annoying. <laughs> um, it's like I am in a relationship and we fight, you know, a good amount. And I'm still attracted to her. Like that's the difference. It's like I still, you know, want to be intimate and That's great. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. But she's annoying. <laughs> and she's okay. a therapist. Okay. okay? You think and she, she can't puts fucking out. be in a relation. Whatever. Does she do Vipassana? Uh, Vipassana. I told her that like yesterday I said to her, Look, you know, she gets so stressed out. She works has a family business. So it's like her parents are on I I mean, you can't get away, you know? Yeah. And so I said, I'm not seeing you unless you go to the gym or something. And we took a Pilates class, Power Pilates. Was it fun? You know, it's like everyone, it's... It's me trying to get up off the fucking floor. Yeah. Everyone else is all flexible, oh and, my you God. know. And I'm like, you know, because I have one fake knee. And you can never go on your knee once you have a... And I'm just... I look like a fucking, you know... If I could change one thing, it, it would be that we need to do exercise. Oh, my God. I, Why do we have that, to exercise? But I get a lot from the exercise. Like, I well, love exercising. Like I Afterwards. Always, right, but I love doing it. Like, I you love... Do? Yeah, I love lifting weights. I love challenging oh my, my... Yeah, and I... But I, I like walking. But that doesn't accomplish no. much. Um... But it's like, 
that's a part that's a meditation you know yeah. the counting and the counting 15 i got a 12 i got and you know my trainer well i <laughs> if he purposely will not do a uh, multiple of five just to fucking piss me off because I have to have everything in multiples of five. Oh. Oh, yeah. wow. So he's mentally training you also. No, Ooh. so he'll be yeah, like, five, four. Like, a, like yeah. a little BDSM there. Yeah, he's know? an asshole. Yeah. Um, she needs it. So. Like counting spankings. Do you feel like you want to do another one-person show? You know, it's really interesting. I, I'm i trying to think. You probably know this, this whole feeling of, oh my God, what do I do next? Right, I've right. Do, and right. Wait, and the worst thing a performer, well, worst thing you can say to any performer is, so what's what next? What else are you yeah, doing? What, yeah. What's going on? Right. What are you doing? It's like, fuck you. Do I ask you like, oh, how many patients do you have next week? How's that coming along? You know? <laughs> it's that kind of, you feel like, oh my God, I always have to be doing something new, which is detrimental sometimes to what you already have going on that's that's good on its own. Right. You know? And there's also those people who are not thankful for what they have or grateful for what they have. Yeah. And realize, you know, this is good. It'll lead to, you know, that you have to have patience in exactly, this fucking business. Exactly. Even yeah. though the more patient you are, the older you get and the less work you get as an older person. I think I would like to do a one person show. I think I'd also, I mean, this is the weirdest thing, but I've never done stand up. I've never done really? what, what I consider like, you know, observational, moving from thing to thing that's not really narrative or anything like right. that. So I think it would be interesting to maybe, I mean, even though I'm 47 years old, to maybe start trying out some more of what? that. That doesn't matter that you're 47. I know, I know. I totally have that in my right. head. Right. See, like, you got to get rid of that bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that. But in the comedy world, you've paid your due. You are so respected. I think people would dig it. Yeah, like here. I mean, do, yeah, but getting on on stage at a club, they'd be like, "Who the fuck is this?" You know, you know. Right. Well, but also it would mostly be like you said, just in my own head. Like, right. no, just do your thing and see right. how it goes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you should do it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I've thought of creating another podcast that tried to focus on more political stuff but I'm just so afraid that I can't like have those conversations in a positive uplifting and non-cliche sort of way well they just had an article in the times about how people who really follow politics are miserable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're unhappy mm-hmm. and that you should take a break but it's like I I can't because I feel you, you like you feel like you're going to take your eye off the ball and then end up in the gas chamber but also <laughs> I'm a chew, but also I feel like you know, you know I'm a gay, yeah. you know mm-hmm. I'm a Jew, mm-hmm. I'm a parent, my kids go to the public school. Like I need to be an activist and know what the fuck is going on, yeah. and I can't believe these fuckers are running this fucking country. That guy, he, I mean, who knew that I would look at a, a German chancellor and trust her right. more than this fucking asshole? I grew Absolutely. up in a house where we didn't buy anything from Germany. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. And, and the thing of it is, it's all coming at us so fast. Like, right. so much I mean, he's only so been quickly. in for, and he's already fucked everything up. Like, you don't fucking, he's a miserable human. Like, Ugh. look at the way he walks off the plane. Like, Obama used to be like smiling and wait, and this is like, fuck you, fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. I wish he would just like conk out or something, you know, like, like. He's, he is really mentally ill. Yeah. Um, we didn't ask you, this is, I see the fucking five. Well, sometimes people acknowledge it. (laughs) Shut up. Um. (laughs) <laughs> what we didn't do what pisses you off we did didn't we uh we, we didn't we did meds right we asked you what if you oh yeah meds. you, you yeah. if i took meds yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. so the other question is shut up like <laughs> seriously come on cbs <laughs> this is ridiculous um what pisses you off like what makes you so fucking furious Oh gosh. Um hmm. I would say that um 
what makes me most upset is when I see people who don't know better spouting like this conservative nonsense. You know what I mean? When when I see people who I think, oh, well, that person is a decent person that Mm -hmm. I went to grade school with or whatever. And they're, you know, like a friend of mine that I went to high school with was trying to share stories with me about Hillary Clinton personally murdering people. Oh, God. How? It's so upsetting because I feel like, wait, how can I can't break through to an old friend of mine if they're so brainwashed that they think. Right, right. Right. Hillary's running a pedophile ring or something like that. So yeah. so I really get upset about feeling like, oh, my God, there might not be hope for a lot of people. It's that they don't know what they do sort of thing. Right, where, right. Where we've got so many people who are so brainwashed by, you know, like stuff like Fox News and, and Limbaugh and stuff like that for years and years and years that they've just been programmed to okay. accept whatever comes their way from All that right. side. So. And what in your daily life yeah. makes you go, fuck shit, fuck shit, fuck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess when I guess when people, you know, write in about the podcast, like, you know, oh, how dare you? I'm never listening again because you dared to do this or that, you know? Um, it might- okay, so we're going to now read... Okay, because I just did Colbert, right? Oh, no. All right, ready? I just did Colbert, and I talked about those people who... Oh, my God. um, Who are gluten-free and are, like, how annoying people are with their food and they can't eat this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so info at Judy Gold. Okay, ready? Yeah. These, These are... So a comedian was on Colbert and told a joke. Yeah. And um, here's what follows. Wait. Just mounds of It's just mounds of this shit. Oh, Taking really? it so seriously. Oh, it's people, and it's people like, responding to you? Yeah, oh, so great. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no. I'm trying to... Wh- what is it under? My my website shit. Your regular email. It's info... Uh-huh. People wrote. Uh, people wrote. Gold. Wrote no, to you, oh, right? Oh, Your email. Wait, I just yeah. want. Yeah, because it's on my. Um, uh, it's on my website. You can write to yeah, me. Yeah, it's a little bit okay. weirder when they write directly to you an email. You know. Right. Yeah. Well, and, just giving you statistics of gluten and. Oh, no, yeah. I want to read it. Why do you have to ruin everything? Oh, I didn't okay. know that Judy there was actually statistics. Gold. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I wrote Judy Goals. Oh, Fuck my shit. God. Fuck. I can... Okay. Here we go. Um, A message. Oh, here they are. Here's one. A message from Carol on JudyGold.com. Uh, which one's this? Uh, um, fuck. God damn it. They're probably never going to listen to you again. I know. Wait. I, I mean, the they will. Those were, are the ones that listen. The people most. were writing right. Uh, right. on the on the Colbert <laughs> They're tune website. Back to see if you say that, hey, I got this message from Carol. <laughs> um, they were writing on the Colbert <laughs> website oh um, about how could they have me? Um, where are they? When was that? I don't know. God damn it! I just put fucking shit. <laughs> You're losing track Hell. of your hate mail. Fuck. I want my hate mail. <laughs> oh, here's one. Here's one. Ready? Yeah. Hi, Judy. Can we have music? Thanks. Hi, Judy. I just saw your last... No. I just saw your last two minutes on Late Night. I understand how inconvenient a gluten-free diet can be. Some of us don't have the luxury of eating gluten. Have you ever heard of celiac disease? Well, this is an autoimmune disease that when gluten is consumed, your intestines are damaged to the point your body can't absorb nutrients that are needed to live a healthy life. Wow. When a celiac accidentally consumes gluten, vomiting and stomach pains occur, can occur. Okay, that's exactly verbatim. Other issues also arise. So I get how inconvenient and funny a gluten-free diet can be. Just be aware for some, this is a life-threatening disease. Okay, that's just one. Then I got <laughs> They're worse one. than trans people. <laughs> then I got one about a grandmother the glu- talking. The gluten folks. Yeah, mean? talking about. <laughs> that's not the word you use. Talking about, I got one talking, a uh, grandmother talking about her grandson who has gluten-free. You know, I'm not talking about those people. Right. I'm not, ta- you know. 
it's like also it's a I joke. Have, and I have depression jokes. And right. I said, you know, it's like shut the fuck up. Right. No one can fucking laugh anymore. Everything's like shut the fuck up. Yeah. Well, the audience laughed. Yeah, well, that's that, true. That is an interesting thing. There is that. Like, like it's wh- like you can't say anything without pissing, and it's like get over yourself. Well, there is. It's it's the there's the reaction in the room. You know, right there at Colbert, and then there's people who are right in front of a computer and can privately just you know dissect. Well, they and, heard Judy was going to be on, so they got ready. Yeah. Right. They're, They're like, like, what's wait, she going to say? The gluten troops are like, wait, Judy's coming on. <laughs> just the nerds. It's just so annoying. So annoying. Um, so that's been really pissing me off. Well, all I think week. you owe Carol an apology. Carol, who? The gluten lady. No, that was Lynn. Oh, oh something. God. I don't know. It had to be. There's Lynn. a thousand of them. I'm going to read Lynn. them on the next one. Uh, Kevin, you are a delight. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for doing a part two. Yes. Um, so, where can people find you? Uh, the podcast is wherever podcasts are. It's Risk, uh, but you can also find it at Risk show.com and on twitter i'm at the kevin allison and check out judy's risk show yeah wait no don't <laughs> shaniqua hates that one Uh-oh. um <laughs> i could do another one yes, please no do we would love to have at the bell house yeah i just yeah, did at, the bell house yeah, we're i at just a bigger did ask me another now. yeah 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 so fun april 9th right did you say april 9th we're there i mean we don't have a slot for april 9th yeah so okay. shut up <laughs> all right i'll shut up and it's passover anyway so you're obviously anti-semitic oh, oh it starts the night after okay so um but yeah let's have you on yeah i gotta figure out what you can tell us about cannibalism the the, the horror of eating gluten eating gluten and how it kind of made you a cannibal yeah and also mind. about you know how horrible a body i have in my underpants and <laughs> He he tells me he can walk around in his underpants because he would walk around like that on the street. Sure. But I wouldn't walk around in my bra and underwear. I said, people wear bikinis. It's like a fucking bra and underwear. That's what it fucking is. Oh, my God. Ben. Whatever. No, that was Henry. Oh, Hen- Henry. Ben would never of say course. anything like that. Um, thank you so much, Kevin. <laughs> thank you. Um, and thank you all for listening to Kill Me Now. Uh, my name is Judy Gold. I'm Hennessy. I'm not used to. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I don't want. I didn't want that. I was deciding whether I was going to bring oh. Patrick at oh. the um, I, I, at the helm over I... here, making sure we don't sing any songs like "Why Do Birds oh Suddenly." Oh my God! Thank you all for listening, and so long. And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. Hello.